who better than 11-time Baja 1000 champion Johnny Campbell to sit on on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and drop motorcycle knowledge? He might have gotten suckered into coming into the show, but we talk about things like free horsepower, tire choices. We definitely talk about Hondas. I try to convince him that KTMs are better. All in all, we have a pretty good chat, and you will learn something from a few guys who have been around the block. This episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is brought to you by Recluse. Recluse helps get this podcast uploaded. They make it possible for you to get a lot of information, and I want you to have information about Recluse. They are the makers of a really awesome auto clutch. If you're not familiar with it, you can check out anything you need to know about it on www.recluse.com. They're proudly made in the United States in the beautiful location of Boise, Idaho, and if you have a cruiser, if you have an adventure bike, and of course the dirt bikes, they make the auto clutch for any kind of bike you need. And it makes, well, I always say it takes you up a skill level. And everybody knows that I need to be taken up a skill level. So I'm just cheating. That's it. Support companies that support the stuff that you like. Recluse is definitely one of them. Again, if you need more information on Recluse, check out www.recluse.com. And they have an online store. There's lots of technical videos. There's everything you would ever need to know about that. And with that, here's the show. Yeah, it's uh, 7 o'clock. It's uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Um, we're starting on time, which is good because Gabe was running a little late tonight. But he got here. He's got the uh, stuff working. I found these two guys in my parking lot. <laughs> uh, the one and only Johnny Campbell. And uh, it's funny because between the two of us, we have 11 Baja 1000 victories. And usually when somebody says something like that, they, they're they like tooting their own horn. And of course I am because that's what I, I do on this show. <laughs> uh, this one time I actually helped him. <laughs> so, uh, and this one time? Yeah. At one time, yeah, that one, one time. time, that one time. So I got a, I so I have a one X. You actually helped me twice, but one one time we, it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, the bike was too slow. It was definitely actually too slow. It, no, it wasn't too slow. It was the fact that it didn't run to the potential of a stock XR six hundred. Yeah. So that's what we raced the second time, which I thought was better. It's like an XR, <laughs> it was like an XR two fifty. At least a two fifty. It might have been a three hundred <laughs> XR three hundred. It's kind of like that new CRF, um, the CRF three hundred uh, two stroke that's coming out that you were just talking to, to Race and Jason about. Yeah, you know the things. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty pipey. Yeah. So, hey everybody, thanks for uh, joining in. Uh, if you're watching live on uh, the Facebooks right now, uh, we have the chat room going. Um, it's uh, got a few people in there tonight. Wow. See, Johnny comes on, and it instantly goes over 50. So, uh, George, I'd like you to pay attention to that, like, right away, <laughs> over 50. I think he's uh, ranking in as our number one co-host, because I, I don't like having guests on the show more than once. That's why we've got this other dude sitting on the couch. I think he wants to sit on the couch right now, but we might call him in later, because everybody's going to want to ask him questions once they figure out who it is, but they are he already guessed in the forum, so... He's been busy. He's been busy. He's been busy. Busy. He's got projects going on. We all do. We all have kind of projects, side projects going on. Um, Gabe, thanks again for uh, uh, in this time of no pay. 
You know, the good thing is, is I can't hand Gabe a check, so that means he's not going to disappear again. Because the aliens brought him back and instantly came over to my house and asked me for a check. So, um, yeah, and then he, whenever I give him a check, he disappears again because that's gas in the tank and he rolls. So that's that's how we do it here in Pahrump. We try to get out of here. <laughs> so uh, good times uh, all around. And we have uh, Al. Uh, Al's one of our local riders out here. Um, decided to come by and check out the show again. It's it must be really boring here in Prump if if Al's over here return customer. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, we might have uh, my bartender might show up because uh, I screwed up and didn't order tacos, and she seems to know where we get them. So um, Janie might be here in a little while. But uh, thanks everybody for joining in. Um, we're going to answer your questions. We're going to po- talk about motorcycles and motorcycle related products. Uh, in in between talking about myself, uh, Johnny will interrupt me and. Uh, we'll answer the questions, right? Maybe, maybe correct him because he's getting kind of old and feeble. <laughs> but he was kind of busy today too. So. I was busy. I I got we got a lot of stuff we doing. To like just we're gonna go riding. I'm gonna I'm super excited actually. I'm I'm ready to go riding. It's the only way to do social distancing. You know, you're riding. You don't need a partner. Uh uh-uh. uh You know, you could stay easily two meters apart, no problem. Right, and we're in the meters. We're back in meters and kilometers in our world. Uh-huh. Right. You so, noticed I went metric on you. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, so you, if you guys have any questions, uh, go ahead and put them up on the chat room. We'll go ahead and get to those. Um, I think uh, – oh, I know what I, did, I wanted to do. I wanted to, A, thank, uh, thank the people that uh, kind of help uh, me out uh, being able to do this. Uh, I, was, I was so close to announcing the big one today. It was like really close. I was going to actually, if I would have announced this time, I would have kicked Johnny. Johnny would not have been on this show because <laughs> it wasn't Honda. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, uh, DDC. So DDCRacing.net. They make these really nice sweet sprockets that make my factory KTMs go really fast when I'm chasing Ricky Bray back out in, in the desert. And they, uh, they're also on my Husaberg, which we're not going to talk about. Right, <laughs> they, they were not the reason that my Husaberg did not provide a good. Uh, well, it was half of a day, right? Uh, I, I that's not a half day. And that was our, that was a quarter of a what day. What we consider <laughs> maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter day. Yeah, so just enough to yeah. Um, DDCRacing.net. They make Delaney drive components. Make really good lightweight sprockets. Johnny, what kind of sprockets do you guys use? We use Renthal sprockets. You know, I've. Uh, kind of added it up. We've been with Renthal Sprockets for like 27 years. Yeah. That, pretty pretty good run. That's good. Yeah. So lots of good, lots of good choices out there. And uh, I, I'll talk about everything, even if you do sponsor the show. <laughs> so that's <laughs> why nobody sponsors the show. Cause I'll talk about everything. Cause I think it's all good. Um, also climb. I wear climb gear. I am wearing climb underwear right now, so I just thought that was important to tell everybody. As it's, uh, if you want to, uh, in my opinion, have the best functioning off-road gear, um, I like climb. What do you like, Johnny? That's a TMI as far as the underwear is concerned. <laughs> I'll show you. But most every- people, most people listen to this as a podcast, so the Facebook audience would. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wear Fly. It's been my choice for the last uh, several years, and uh, they do a really great job as well. And they're definitely 
battle against your company. Yeah. Well, they, do you have like JCR fly stuff, right? There's. Um, we actually did for a while, but uh, they decided to kind of cut all the signature products because even like Shorty and um, Andrew doesn't have a custom helmet. No. Oh. Um, you know, I'm going to try to. Trey, I'm going to try to get a custom helmet from him. Trey and those guys <laughs> uh, had. Uh, you know, replica signature, helmets, yeah. signature helmets and stuff. And so they decided to do away with that. It just didn't work very good, yeah. you know, especially end of season. So uh, good thing is we still have a, a hand in uh, developing the product and stuff. And uh, they've been really good to all, all, all three of us. So. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I uh, I wear fly when I moto a lot of times, you know, because they, they've helped us out at dirt bike tests before in the past and, and – uh, they make good stuff, so I'm I, I like it too. So, actually, I like all the stuff. That's why we talk about it, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, uh, my mom. Um, not my mom. <laughs> like my mom. My uh, my wife. <laughs> there hasn't like, even been tequila yet. No, it's like yeah. My wife joined in, so now I have to be careful. I have to watch what I say, right? <laughs> uh, and another thing is, so the other day, so in my Husaberg issues, um, I used to. When, I, when I'm confused about something or when I have a problem, I, I reach out to people that I trust, you know, because even, you know, Jimmy Lewis, this guy that seems like he knows everything or at least acts like he knows everything. Uh, I have to reach out to experts on different things. And so when I, when I had this electrical issue that we're hopefully not going to really dive too deep into, I, I will, though, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, ask my experts and I since it was a Husaberg thing. There's a company called CycleBuy.com, and when kind of Husaberg was in the transition of is it a KTM brand, is it not a KTM brand, even when it was a KTM brand before Husky kind of came in, um, Bob at CycleBuy was kind of the go-to guy for me to get my Husaberg parts, especially the ones that were kind of hard to locate because this was maybe before the, the fishes were all on the internets especially Husaberg ones, and you know, you'd have to use the parts manual to order things, and it was hard to find a a Husaberg dealer and most KTM dealers didn't know that they could get Husaberg parts on and on. But Bob at cycle Buy had always, he always knew his stuff and he had the stuff in stock and he helped help me out. And so the other day I, I uh, was just checking in cause I, there was a part that had been superseded or maybe, maybe not, we didn't know. And so I called him and, and asked him about it and he knew about it and he showed me three or four different ways to, um, check this kind of stuff which was super cool and he's kind of out of the oem parts business for you know the way he was before he used to be a ktm husaberg husky dealer he's kind of out of that now just because times are changing but man what a good guy so uh they still do a lot of accessory stuff they're pretty popular up in uh, southern oregon and if you are you know just checking stuff out um uh you know he's a super knowledgeable guy and a good company especially if you're in that area um i i really enjoy recommending people like that you know guys that have been in the industry for a long time they know their stuff they use what they sell they understand it etc 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 so um comes with high recommendations for me so and thanks bob for taking the time to uh, teach me lots of stuff like that uh, i thought that was cool so i didn't call johnny and ask him because it was a husaberg <laughs> he, he just got to watch my demise the hey, entire day. Hey, yeah, we we already had a plan. Kendall and I had a plan for that thing before we <laughs> did. It involve fire and matches? Yes. Yeah. She's <laughs> Kendall. Yeah. Kendall of all the people in the world that would that would love to see my Husaberg just go up in flames. Me and a Husaberg go up in flames. Maybe uh, it would it would be Kendall and uh, 
tacos arrived. <laughs> um, hi, Janie. It was funny. We just had that that image of like on any Sunday when the guy built lighting a his bike on fire. Oh, oh my gosh, it was. Geez. It would have been so good. Well, it's 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 funny because when remember when we, when you used to send Kendall to go riding with me back when you were bringing him up and everything. And, mm-hmm. and I knew him cause I knew his, I used to race with his dad. And I remember when Kendall was just a kid on a little Z 50 putting around at the, <laughs> at the pits. But so there we are, we're out riding and I, every once in a while I would have a Husaberg and it was, we talked about it cause it was the old 650. It was the dirt rider long-term uh, 650 that we had. And it, it just pickled him that I kept bringing this bike that wasn't like a Honda. And he just, he's like, why do you, why do you ride that thing? And it's, you know, cause other times I might show up and I'd be on a Cannondale and maybe a gas gas or some of these, I was on these freak of nature bikes and I always rode them cause I, I like learning what those things do. It's, it's interesting. And, and some of them have some really redeeming piles and others are steaming piles. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but he used to get pickled all the time. And, and, uh, it's funny cause he's like, why do you, why do you ride that thing? And, and. Then now it's there's the one time you know I talk it up all the time and the one time it starts letting me down and man of all the people that just kept helping me you know trying different things pulling different wires you know trying different stuff Kendall was right there and I never saw him he didn't no matches yeah, he was loving it you know he <laughs> he's so good at MacGyvering and and fixing things and he is currently still a factory HRC mechanic yeah so that's uh that's cool I mean I mean he and he and He's the last guy to work on my factory KTM rally bike. He, he, <laughs> he, I, actually, I did work on it. I did, I did a service on it the other day because I knew we we're going to go ride. But it has a big Kendall Norman sticker on it. It has a DCC sticker on it because I got it from Mojave Bob. And Mojave Bob had it, the, the Dave, Dave Chase sticker on it. And then Kendall's now worked on it. So some really good uh, factory Honda mechanical kind of people have touched my, uh, my rigs. So good, <laughs> good times. So, uh, um, I got a question, Johnny, this is a Jason from YouTube who asked, can you explain mapping to me? So I, he was watching, like, I think our JD jetting tuner video, or maybe we were talking about on one of the things, I don't remember what video is. So what is, what is mapping? So, uh, you know, when you have a carburetor, you're, you're obviously, you're changing the jets. And so you're, what you're changing is how the air and the fuel uh, ratio mixes and goes into the intake track into the combustion chamber. And so with mapping, you're talking about a fuel injected bike that that is controlled by what they call an ECU, which is like a, a computer. And so when you map, you can, ad- well, on some models, some bikes, you're, you have some, uh, tooling, like say the CRF uh, RXs and the Rs, the competition bikes, you're able to adjust those mappings for different conditions. And so you're adjusting the fuel-air ratio at different throttle positions and different RPMs. Um, that- and, and so it's 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 gone, mapping has gone from being an analog thing where it was mapping and jetting would be kind of synonymous. But when we talk about mapping, we also can include ignition. So, yeah. so in, and the reason it's called a map is essentially at every RPM and at every throttle position, and you think, look at it as a chart and they're, they're actually three dimensional when you think about it. And then now there's even maybe other dimensions, <laughs> but um, so it's, it's, it, for every position of throttle, every RPM, 
there is a certain pulse width of fuel and there's a certain timing aspect of the spark. And those that's what the map really li- looks like. And if you look at it on some of the uh, software, you can see like, you know, a chart that shows it's either just raw numbers and then there's many layers to it, or it looks like a three-dimensional, like yeah, almost like a topographic map. Yeah, it's almost like a topographic map. And it's it's really interesting how you can see it. And the thing about mapping is where we used to only have like these certain analog, uh, you know, parameters for tuning the bike that way. Now it's almost infinite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, it's and, and as you've seen, as it's getting better, is a lot of times now they have, you know, you have sniffers in the exhaust, or you know, you can do th- things where instead of having like, you know, a nine by nine grid, it, it goes sixteen by, you know, sixteen by fourteen, and it's it now it's a hundred by a hundred, you know, it's like every one percent, every yeah, you know, it's and it's really funny. I mean, interesting that the bikes nowadays run so much better than the old bikes. Like if you go back and ride a carbureted bike. From 15 years ago, you're like, oh my gosh, what? I, I was. <laughs> somebody, we thought this was good. <laughs> somebody, somebody was asking me they, they, today. They said, actually, it was a, a Spencer Bloomer who I actually saw here. He said, he said, my, he kind of said, my dream bike is a fuel injected KTM two stroke. How are they? You know, or, or a fuel injected two stroke. He's like, how are they? And I, I, I go, and this is the best way I can explain it. Is like when you go back and you, you, you think about like what carbureted four strokes were how 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 horrible they were it's not that they didn't make power but this is the same thing with two strokes it's like anytime on a carbureted bike anytime you turn the throttle and this is this is why they get called smooth or they they feel they don't have the power anytime you turn the throttle there's this little slight bog uh-oh who just that <laughs> there's some of these phones on you're here Janie um sometimes there's there's a, a slight little bog. It's a little bit of a hesitation that actually acts sort of like a little bit of a hit mm. or a, or a pop of a pop of power. And with fuel injection, essentially, that's gone because it's it's like perfect. And and it, so so a lot of people they 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 when they you know they whack the throttle and it it waits that you know half a second a you know quarter of a second before it really responds. They equate that to being hit, where fuel injected bikes don't do that. And, and if you, I mean, if you want it, you can still do it by turning the throttle farther or snapping the clutch or, but you can get away with so much more with fuel injection. Yeah. And you can tune, you know, and, and what you're saying is you can tune the map too, to make a hit feeling. Yeah. You can, you can enrich in it, or you can change the ignition timing to make it a little bit more aggressive, or maybe a little, when it feels what they call a throttle transient. So here's where the other dimension comes in. You know, when, when, when the, the, the map notices you went from 25% throttle to a hundred percent throttle, it, it, it dumps extra fuel in there. It has to, to keep the bike running kind of like the pumper on the carburetor, which was a huge, that was the, the evolution in four strokes was the, 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 the use of the the pumper carburetor is what really brought the four stroke back to life. I felt, um, you know, for sure motors were getting lighter and more compact. But once you put a pumper carb in there, you got throttle response. Yeah. It wasn't a, an X. It wasn't an XR six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> it felt a lot right? more instant. <laughs> so, um, so Jason, that's what um, that's what mapping is. It's it's this. It's essentially, it's the 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 numbers that tell the the fuel injector and the ignition where to what to do it's and so when we talk about adjusting it or tuning it and like Johnny said a lot of these bikes have software that's stock you know Yamaha has an awesome system um, Honda has a little more actually they're going to oh that, that that's they're they're 
right now you have the HRC tool, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And because I, I heard something from Athena guys that they're working on some stuff too, because because the, the the Athena the Athena Get stuff is kind of where the Yamaha thing comes from. Yeah, they they have a, a Get app, the HRC licensed Get to to do one, which was actually pretty nice because it was Wi Fi and stuff. But lately, I haven't been able to use it, so, so I don't know what's going on with their program. Yeah. So. So they're but working on it. There's there's all different kinds. There's and then and then when you start going to these accessory ECUs and stuff, a lot of time they have that ability. You can program with the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can there's tuners that you your map actually says stock in your ECU and they 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 call piggyback tuners and they actually they interrupt the signal that goes from the ECU to the fuel injector and then you can tune it that way. Um, I've seen that tried with uh, ignitions also, but not very successfully. <laughs> it usually ends up causing problems. But uh, there's there's a there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that. But that's what mapping is. So, oh, that was you, Ricky. You got to vo- volume <laughs> off, man. Yeah, yeah, just he's novice. <laughs> so <laughs> Al doesn't have any of that technology. He doesn't make any noise. He, I, I'm trying to get him to ride with his phone, so in case something goes wrong, at least he can call us. He needs a tracker. He, Al needs it because he, he rides. He's like all of us out here in Pahrump. Nobody wants to hang out with us, so we go ride by ourselves. So uh, I got a question from Rockbreaker. On he wants to know about the KTM 390. He says I miss those horsepower and torque numbers. Can you post them up? And uh, you know why you missed them? Because I didn't. I didn't give them out. Because <laughs> I didn't put it on a dyno, and uh, I didn't actually—I ne- I don't think I actually quoted what my butt dyno told me. What do you think a KTM three ninety uh, adventure puts out, Johnny? Horsepower. Um, I'm just gonna, rear wheel. I'm just gonna guess at the rear you've wheel. You've never like one. Thirty nine horsepower. Mm. I'll bet you're really close. I bet you that's 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 really close. My butt dyno because I my butt dyno is actually nobody wants to run anything on my butt dyno because it it said a KTM. Five, a Husky 501 was only like 35. That's what it, that's what it said. I said, and that was a little low, but everything's a little low. So I was going to go on this one. I was going to go 30, 33 hmm. is what it is. What, what it feels like. But, and then, and then torque, I don't know. Torque is it. The bike goes pretty good when it torques long. So it's got good torque, but if you want to see those numbers, I'm sure you can go to many, um, other guys who will rattle off the figure, the spec sheet figure. And then there's some, um, editorial outlets that still stick things on dynos because like they're so important to know the horsepower because usually wherever you're riding a bike johnny i found this true wherever you're riding the bike if you want more horsepower you just have to do one thing yeah just open the throttle open the throttle it's free (laughs) it's free it's free that's the the best i could save you so much money because whatever horsepower figure you're getting on your bike right now open the throttle more and if you're wide open then just make sure you're at peak RPM, and then and then if that doesn't work, then shift again. That that works every time. <laughs> no, every yeah. time the butt every- dyno doesn't lie. No. <laughs> so uh, okay. Hey, this is a question on the. Um, oh, this is a long question. This is a good question. Actually, I told the guy he should be watching. It's Tokyo Tim Tech uh, on the CRF two thirty rally. Hey guys. If you want my opinion, I have probably the most modified rally on the planet. I have spent $6,300 in upgrades so far, not including the bike. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get comments on why would I put so much into a cheap bike, and the answer is I just like the bike, and I want it to be the best it can be. 
I wish it came in a 350 or 450, but I still love it. And I'll give you my thoughts. Did you get that? You should tell Jason that, that he wanted a 350 or a 450, one of those. <laughs> I'm, there's no way that Jason actually knows that. I used to live with Jason, by the way, yeah. for a long time. I grew up racing with racing Jason. Racing Jason. <laughs> I should tell you a story about the one time he had a YZ, I think a YZ125, and he put a new piston in it, and we were going to race at Indian Dunes. And he started the bike up and let it idle on the trailer most of the way there. Oh, to break it in? <laughs> to break it That's in. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so his point number one is price. I bought it brand new for $4,000 from the dealer. Amazing price to get you an adventure riding for a brand new bike. Mine was two years old, so the dealer needed to get rid of it. Those are the best deals. That is true. So number two is parts. This is a global bike, so parts are easy to get and dirt cheap if you break something. A huge plus for your first bike that you may be crashing a lot. I guess if you're riding globally. Globally. I think you should take a riding school so you don't crash. <laughs> right, Janie? What? Take a riding school so you don't crash. Uh, does that help? Yeah, it helps a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm, say, I'm saying that because I run this little uh, operation uh, Well, when I'm not uh, in, in um non-essential that jimmy lewis off-road training wait, wait, we make wait. we make lipstick where'd it go we make where'd it go where's I, the oh I, right here i took it like 25 years ago and i don't know it worked for me it's way better now i'm i know i was i was showing off that's i told i tell people not to do that Where i in 2007 when i i i i usually tell people right before they're going to get hurt that they're going to get hurt. And I told myself I was doing something stupid and I didn't stop. So yeah, hundred percent track record with that. Uh, he says, wait at 350 pounds. This is a light bike for adventure riders to get started with before they upgrade to maybe a Tenere 700 or a KTM 790. No, it's not a light enduro bike like a 250 XE, but it isn't marketed such and it doesn't give up too much power uh, it doesn't give too much power to get new riders into trouble. So I think that 350 is, that bike's actually what, 380, right, Gabe? 90. 390. So he's, he's, uh, he's quoting the spec sheet because they always, they float, they put helium in the tires. <laughs> so um, it, it's definitely a light adventure bike. It's a small, <laughs> it's a small displacement adventure bike. So yeah, it's doing good. With all that being said, you don't have to spend as much as I did to, in upgrades, but I will tell you what you absolutely must upgrade on this bike. Okay, you better... Is Jason watching? <laughs> I hope so. I, yeah. No. You better be following. Yeah, you're... you're, you're Come on. Come on, Ingersoll. Uh, let's see. Get a 13 tooth up front. So that's to gear it down a little bit. Get the full FMF exhaust and an EJK tuner. So he's... Uh, opening it up and putting more fuel in, which is good because most people just cut the muffler off and think it makes more power, <laughs> which is not the right way to do it. Get a full race tech suspension if you're over 150 pounds. So Logan doesn't have to do that. <laughs> Change out the terrible stock tires for D606 as well as with every bike, get a seat concept seat for comfort. Who laughed? <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's way better tires. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I like Kenda's. Uh, I changed the bars immediately and put on the Barkbusters as well because those things are, but those things are less important. The nice thing is you can buy the bike new and upgrade it as you get money and you don't have to do it all at once. I built mine up over the course of one full year and have nothing left to put on it. I will be making a video of it soon. Thanks for reading. 
in some place or another, he said he said he wanted us to ride it. I don't know why that I mean, it might be in the next line that I cut off or something he, like he that. He wants a DBT test. On he it. wants yeah, he wants Johnny Campbell to ride his bike. That'd be the best. That'd be the I'll, best modification you could put on there. I'll ride that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I've ridden plenty of two fifty Ls. I I, yeah. I like them too. Doesn't Faye have one? Uh, we've you, ridden them. We've yeah. ridden them a lot of them and adventure rides and stuff. And uh, we've had a really good time on them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're they're great bikes, especially the economics of it. You know, being able to go into a dealer and and get it for that much. I like the KTM three ninety better. So yeah, <laughs> well. There's tests of both of those bikes up on our website, and we'll probably try to do some sort of a comparison or something soon. But it's funny because there is a big displacement difference between those two things, those two bikes. And uh, but they're both entry same, level. They're, they're like, both entry level okay. adventure bikes, and the price the price is almost identical. I think the KTM. I think they came in like a hundred dollars cheaper. They they they. I think they 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 saw where the target was. It's a battle. Uh, Quinn. I, Quinn. 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 old. Another old guy. Uh, the recluse clutch question, Scott Lee asks, thanks for the explanation, Jimmy. I ordered the CX DDS. So that's the recluse CX DDS for my ride. I wondered which springs would be best for trail riding. I heard the CX comes stock with heavy wedges, but I don't know. I did email recluse about the wedges, so we'll see. Well, I will tell you, uh, generally recluse tech support is really good and uh, gets you uh, good, solid answers on stuff. I don't know which bike, what your ride is, so I don't particularly know, nor would I really remember. But the for trail riding, I say, what's the best for trail riding? In that video, I kind of explain what each thing does, like what the springs do to the feel of the clutch, uh, what the wedges do to the feel of the clutch. And um, it's... It's depending on what you want. I mean, the way I set mine up, I set them up so they engage really low. And so the bike almost drags. When you put it in gear, if you don't have your hand on the clutch, the bike will actually creep a little bit because I don't want that clutch kind of disengaging, but I also don't want my bike to stall. And that's a really fine line. And it's dependent on things like idle speed and all different other other things. But it's like anything on the bike, it's all adjustable. And, and if you know what one thing does, then you can tune it in that direction if that's what you want. Some people like a higher stall speed, maybe a little more RPM. It gives the bike a little more peppy, peppy feeling. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, when with my setup, the bikes feel boggy and lazy, which uh, some people don't like. So uh, I don't think my setup's for everybody. You do. You don't like my recluses, do you? I don't have really any comment. I I haven't ridden them very much. I haven't ridden that that brand. And, what kind uh, of clutch do you use? Well, we use Henson, Henson in our race bikes and stuff. But I know the application is different for different uh, you know different things you're doing with a bike. So yeah, it's uh, I I I actually I rode a, I rode a Henson Auto clutch once. It was really good. It was something they were messing around or testing or playing with or. No comment. No comment. <laughs> so it, it, it's not. I, I never saw what was inside of it, you know. So you know, who knows? Who knows how how they were doing it? But uh, it it was good. Um, they were. They. I think they were. They were developed a little more for moto because it. Like at the time, I think, and it was a little while back where you know the the, the feel at the lever wasn't good during wide open shifts and stuff on a recluse and they knew i had experience with it they're like hey try this and yeah we we actually messed around with it uh with haker when haker was riding enduro cross with us and uh 
we transferred it over to um, to GNCC when we went back east, and I believe uh, our XC1 win with Chris Bach, he was using that clutch actually. Hmm. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's all tunable. I mean, even like like I said, suspension clickers and and even your stock, even your standard clutch. You know, you can change the feel of it, like lever pull, lever ratio pull, if you have that. Or with hydraulic, you can change the diameter of the master cylinders. And and riders are really picky about this stuff. It, it's funny when someone looks at a factory bike, and Johnny can definitely comment on this. You know, you, you look at the factory bike, you see all the trick coatings and oh, work suspension and all this stuff. And and it's like when you really know what makes that thing works, it's the little things like slave cylinder diameter on your brakes or diameter of brakes or flex characteristics of this or you know that all that work suspension if it doesn't come with that team of technicians and tuners it's yeah it's not it's not really good for the general public yeah, for sure yeah i don't i don't yeah it looks one good. reason looks it's cool. called works is because you have to work on it works on it <laughs> yeah so uh thanks scott thanks for that question um ooh here we go. Jeff Nyquist says on our KTM three 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 ninety video, he says, "Hold the applause, folks." I don't I don't know if you remember last week. Everybody was telling us how awesome that video was. <laughs> so, yes, compared to most motorcycle reviews, are you watching motorcycle dot com? No, I'm not. But anyways, this is very well done. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, there is a huge omission. KTM has had. Many problems with this engine. My concern is that if KTM has sorted things out with this bike and whether the word reliable applies, a review is not in-depth or even relevant with that kind of omission, particular with a 390. So I did a little bit of research, not a ton, but so when they first released some of the 390s in whatever forms they released them in, there was a problem with uh, some head gaskets and stuff like that. Not that uncommon with... Uh, new models, you know, to have some sort of a new problem, especially when you're releasing that many of them. And kind of like how I always talk about how every KTM fuel-injected two-stroke will blow up no matter what you do. If you ever even – it it actually blows up before you even start the bike. I don't know if you knew that, but if you watch the internet, yeah, it, that's what happens. So this is kind of what happened. I'm sure, you know, a small portion of people did it, and then everybody grabbed that – post and reposted on their thing and and then all of a sudden somebody found a picture of one that got hit by a car and the cylinders broke off but then they said that the engine just blew up <laughs> and you know how how it goes so um i i was when i commented on that thing uh I, i'm say i said i expected and suspected that this bike would be very reliable i didn't say it is very reliable i just said my past history with ktms uh, my Husaberg not included right now. Um, <laughs> everything is very, but it got me back to the truck like two times, right? Uh, I made you go back to the truck. I know you guys want to go riding without me. I know how it is. <laughs> Jimmy was going to start being mean. We'd done loop one. That was only the warm up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my experience with 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 their products, with almost every manufacturers products for the most part is the stuff is generally pretty reliable. You, and, and if you do have something where there's problems like that, they, you know, if it is a real problem, they tend to address it. But, uh, I don't think that a bike that's been around for a few years, an engine that's been around for a few years is going to continue to have those kinds of problems. And it seems like it was sorted out very quickly after the first batch. And so, um, and I kind of stand by what I said. I said it, it, I suspect that it'll be very reliable. So, 
Um, Jeff, if when these things all start blowing up, please write me back and remind me that I was wrong. <laughs> so, or, or just send me the video of the, the one that's all blown up or the, the picture of it, it's all blown up so I can post it and eat my own words. I'll actually put it on the screen behind me for the whole show. I, that's how confident I am in what I said that I think they're going to be pretty reliable. So, um, I tell you what, if anything's going to be a problem on that bike, it will be the clutch. And, uh, cause it's a cable clutch and Johnny will help me out with this because we've had bikes. Remember how Bruce used to set up the old clutch on the XR650? Yeah, we used to have to put a lot of play in the lever and, you know, we had a lot of torque and the clutch was definitely suspect. So if you feathered the clutch, if you use the clutch a lot, you could get it hot. And when it expands, it would tighten the lever. Here's your, here's your tech tip of the tech tip of the, the night. So if you have a cable clutch and when it gets hot, the play goes away. So in other words, it heats up and the play goes away at the lever. Man, you've got to make sure that you're very sensitive to that if you don't run a lot of play or run a lot of play if you're hard on clutches mm. so that you don't smoke your clutch. Because what happens is the clutch gets hot and slowly it starts slipping and it slips a little bit more. And as it gets hot, it slips more because it's basically holding itself. It's like you're pulling the clutch in a little bit the whole time you're riding. And we had a couple people hop on the bike that were inexperienced. And so just in takeoffs, you know, starting and stopping, they would slip the clutch for a long time. They wouldn't, they wouldn't trust the torque of the motor. You know, they, they were maybe used to riding something like a Harley that has a lot of torque that goes boom, 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 boom. And the person that rides the Harley is uh, probably answering messages on the phone right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and, and, and so they'd rev it a little bit and they'd slip it and it got hot. And, and we had it, we didn't have a lot of play in the cable. We did it. So a couple of times we got the clutch a little bit, a little bit hot, but by kind of torturing it. So um, I would suspect that would, especially in the adventure application where people start taking it off road and maybe riding it in the sand or in mud, which or, or loading it up with gear or something too. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's much that it's, it's so anyways, when bikes with cable clutches start getting hot and it, it tightens up, um, some of them get loose. There's certain bikes that the cable gets loose, and that's better because that way you don't you don't fry it as much. Usually, that's a push clutch as opposed to a pull mm. pull clutch. So, um, yeah, ch- check in uh, uh, check in on that one after a little while. But we used to just run extra play on our XR650. I never touched the damn clutch. I don't know why you needed to. Yeah, you didn't on that bike, really. <laughs> I, and I always jokingly ask like how people fry their clutches in the sand because. You ever think about this, Johnny? Your tire's already spinning. Yeah. Why do you slip the clutch? They're just slipping it too much, and <laughs> it just heats up, and that's it. Yeah. Ricky, do you use your clutch in the sand? Where'd he go? No. Over there. Nope. Not that much. Not that much. Huh? You don't go through clutches. Yeah, you know, he's really good, especially with... He rides in the sand more than anybody. Yeah. The performance of that bike he has that he rides, doesn't know. Doesn't need clutch. Yeah. Uh, Schalk van der Westenhuizen. There you go. says, I cannot decide between this, which is the KTM 390, or the Versus 300. I like the wheels on the Versus a lot more. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <Can't answer. laughs> I, I think you should go with what you like, right, Johnny? That's what we always say. Well, the 300, what's the 300 thing? The, three, the Versus, it's a Kawasaki. Oh. So imagine, uh, I'm going to give away a punchline here pretty soon. <laughs> imagine if 
like like the KTM 390 kind of looks a little bit like a Versus. It's like the style. That's that kind of current styling and stuff like that. But uh, well, you're only getting a 300. You want a 390, dude. <laughs> so Rowan Rogers says, fantastic review. Thank you. You really nailed all the important talk topics. Yeah, take that, Jeff Nyquist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bike clearly needs spoked wheels, but otherwise it looks like a great value for the money. Um, I think you, I, I agree with you on the spoked wheels. I totally do. I, I don't know. Like I said, I think last week I said, I suspect that, you know, when you see the next evolution of this bike in a few years, it'll probably be a little more adventure you know, a little more spoked wheels. Maybe it's unique, own unique frame. Uh, maybe some of the technology stuff will get unlocked in that computer. So, uh, yeah. Um, another thing, a follow-up from last week's show is Chris Rial gave us real Chris real gave us some good information on gas and he just wanted to uh, let everybody know that basically, you know, that, that information it's impossible to get a date on when this, because some people asked him like, when, when, what's the date the gas is going to change. So they're like, they're going to plan for it. It's like, you just don't know. I mean that, that winter blend fuel is, is there until it's, you know, it's in pipelines and it's in gas tanks and until it gets used up, it's not going anyplace. Um, it actually, it's funny because it got me thinking all my bikes for the rental bikes all have that gas in them. And we would have been running schools right now, which we're not. And that that gas, I I don't want it in the bikes during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe, you hear that? There's a job. We're going we're gonna to have to ride those things off or drain them out or get some when we, but we don't have anything better to put in them right now. We can put the additive in there. So, but I think... Uh, just kind of being aware that 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 gas is there and um, paying attention to it, um, but he's also just he just wanted motorcycles to be aware of 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 that the winter blend fuel will be around for a lot longer, and so when you experience these, you know, gas boiling in your tank a little bit more than usual, uh, yeah, <laughs> just kind of be understanding. And uh, I, I don't, I, I, do we ask him whether additives? Did we ask additive? He said additives would not help that. I think that's I think that's what he said. So you have to listen to show number fifty six to get that answer. Um, there, I'm sure the information's in there, uh, which is kind of hard to do right now because it's not up on YouTube because uh, Gabe and I both flaked out um, on getting it up there since the aliens were busy with him stealing his money. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, okay. TJ Garage says, when are you going to be putting up new episodes on Spotify? <laughs> uh, Gabe just threw his arms up in the air. In the air? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's on me, isn't it? I haven't done the voiceover stuff, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's on me. Um, I, I actually answered him. I said, well, I'm doing it at the pace that I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah. And aren't you unemployed? I'm unemployed. There you go. If, if, this is a, this is a, you know, you know what they call this, what I'm doing now, a fun, you know why it's a fun? Because no. you're doing it for free. Right. Cause you get paid when it's a job. Yeah. yeah it's I'm funning right now. Fun. It's kind of like, it's kind of like fun. working, but without getting paid. Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of fun over the years. Yeah. Funning. We're funny. We were getting paid though. Yes. Back in the old day. That is true. Uh, Chris, Chris uh, Real is there. He'll probably answer. He'll probably correct that question if I jacked it up in the uh, message board, and then I'll relay it to you. Um, 
verbally. Uh, is it just me or is Johnny gone SoCal flat build behind my back? Uh, well, you, you've always you always had secret flat bill. Yeah, it's just part of the DNA. It's Sanclamini. <laughs> Sanclamini thing. Well, but yeah. you're 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 over the hill now. You're getting even closer. What's color your socks? Oh, they're oh, black, black socks. <laughs> black socks. Uh, you know who wanted to know that? Your boy Bernardo. <laughs> yeah, Jerry B. Hey, Jerry. Um, good to see everybody out there. Lipstick. Everybody wants to know how to get. The, li- the Jimmy Lewis Off-Road School lipstick. Have you have to join the class. <laughs> yeah, you have to come and do the <laughs> come and do the class. Or you can do a giveaway. Uh, let's see. Go attend the riding school with the 606s and you will crash. I don't necessarily think so. Hey, the 606 is not a bad tire. I was actually talking to someone from another manufacturer who was inquiring about adventure bike tires. Um, just do what, you know, knobbies, different things. And I was contacted as an expert on it and 606 908 combo was one that i mentioned uh, that's a that's a on the, more on the aggressive side yeah uh for for you know not exactly 50 50 but uh that's it's a good tire those are great tires in the xr 600 and 650 actually yeah yeah that that front one uh 606 when it was a, what was it? it was a k it was it remember was, it was a factory tire when it was nine, a factory tire it was called a uh 942 a, or something like nine that? 902 902 yeah 902 and uh, yeah, we we did a lot of development in the early '90s on that tire, um, and we raced a lot. Oh, it was a horrible tire. I mean, like as far as like traction, especially on smaller bikes. But if you ever want, if you ever had to do 40 miles on a flat, it was the best tire. Yeah, the ever pre you know pre moose and stuff. Yeah. But no, it was on a heavy bike. Like when you're running it. I always thought it worked better when we were pre-running that, you know, cause we were running the five gallon tanks than mm-hmm. on the, than on the race bike. It was always a little bit kind of skatey, yeah. but, uh, but it was just, that was the price you paid to have tire durability, yep. uh, ability to run flat, run flat. When, when you need to. And then, and then, you know, decent, you know, decent or average performance. And when these adventure bikes and, you know, more long distance bikes started coming around, that was a, that tire like magically just fit into working good on those. Eduardo Rojas wants to know, ask Johnny about the chassis holes on Honda CRS for adding comfort to the chassis. Um, I suspect he's probably seen some of the modifications that people have done to the, uh, the cylinder head stay, which, uh, you've seen, you know, some people poke holes in them and stuff. And, uh, you know that you can get a definitely a, a different feel out of the chassis when you start modifying those things because it's very actually very sensitive. Um, you know the alloy chassis are very sensitive to to change. I mean the torque setting on the engine bolts and um, you know so you need to be really careful about modifying uh, those head hangers. I know there's some companies out there that are making some billet ones with big old holes in them and stuff, but. <laughs> You know, when we're doing the development on the bikes, a lot of work goes into making those things for a certain reason, a certain handling, um, you know, where it's stability and cornering and light feeling, heavy feeling, traction. So, you know, I'd just be really hesitant to be poking holes and things when, uh, you know. Well, you really drill it. 
Yeah. And what what on the RX? Remember we we played around on the first year RX because mm-hmm. you were kind of coaching me along, and I I ended up drilling too much. Yeah. I went I went I went. But what was it like three millimeter hole? Or yeah. I mean, <laughs> on that year, what was it? You could. Go, like there was no hole, but you, yeah. you, you, but if you put a three millimeter hole, you could get a little bit of bump impact feel, like a, a lighter feel out of the bike. But what happens is the bike starts being like heavy to, to steer and heavy to lean over. And so you may get a little bit of straight line stability, but then you're going to affect your cornering and, and wheel traction. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I actually, I went to, I ended up thinking I went to five or six. Eventually I kind of just over, you know, I kept going and, and I actually got the bike to turn better when when it, it when it went like that. It felt like it it felt like it started turning better, but it lost the stability that it gained by. Yeah, if you go pound through or, a bunch of whoops or sand whoops or something, yeah. might the chassis might get a little wallowy. You know, yeah, it depending. was more like yeah, it was more like a chop. You know, like on the chop and the way it there, there was a point where it it stock you could just hammer into stuff, but it it jarred you, and then small hole. It was good. It was, it just, it was like the jarring kind of went away and it just felt better. And then, and then turning still stayed. And then I actually thought the turning got better, but then, like you said, it kind of got wallowy in those. Yeah. If you increase the whole size, then, then the thing, man, it can really upset your bike. So, and I, I totally, and it's again, that's a, that's like we talked about turning suspension clickers and tuning your clutch. It's a, it's a, it's a feel and it's a, you, you might like a bike that feels that wallowy or, Whatever, and it, uh, some of these companies that are making these um, these hanger brackets and different things now, they're pretty. Uh, and I, I keep, I <laughs> they've reached out to me a couple times, like, hey, you want to test this? And I wanted to test them on bikes they didn't make them for. And then, then when they had them for bikes that I made for them, I go, so what is it like? What does it do? Which direction are you going? And there was never. Then it just crickets. Yeah, for me, I I I see those things and I just cringe. Yeah. Because I'm like, uh, I know how sensitive the chassis are to changing that big of component, and so yeah, I'm really, really hesitant to recommend any any type of modification with those. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm the opposite. I say modify the heck out of it. Try it. <laughs> if try it, but make sure you have a stock set laying around to <laughs> yeah. bolt back on there. And I mean, it's not like it's not like the bike's gonna you know gonna break something. But because I've had some really good success on bikes that I struggled with. Um, I remember there was a, back in the day, there was a Kawasaki, uh, KX450 that we did some changes and I, I, I've always struggled with that bike, loved the motor, hated the way that the bike turned and we changed some brackets on it and it was just, it was super awesome. And it was a big change. It was like, you know, two millimeters of thickness difference in the, in the, in the brackets and, and Yamaha's always been playing around and going between aluminum and steel. Mm. You see even KTM on their chassis, which is a steel chassis playing around with some of the bikes have aluminum. Uh, head stays on them. Some of them go to steel. Some of them have yeah. big holes. So it is it is tunable. And I like, you know, Johnny coming from the development side, and he he knows what the what they like to feel and how they're supposed to work. And um, yeah. So yeah, it was uh yeah. That's that's hopefully that answered your question there. Uh, where did the question go? It it disappeared on my <laughs> on my thing. We're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of questions. Awesome. Um. Let's see. Uh, I want to say um, uh, thank you, Carrie, for the uh, the Ragosa. She exported this from. Uh, remember when she got this for us? Yeah, yeah this is uh, the Ragosa. It's, it's one of my favorites, actually. This is a Reposado. She brought it back up from Cabo, and I think you can get. Oh, 
one bro that was the the other one the yeah. the yeah the 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 trumpet bottle. <laughs> so cheers. Thank you for that. We're having a Ragosa tonight, and I have some of my Valentine's Day uh, tequila that we'll hit in here in a few seconds if we run out. Um, let's see. Uh, auto clutch and trials tire. Yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> uh, Victor. Oh, Victor really want to. What broke on the Hoosa last week? Yeah, just oil. And the, we're going to save that for later. Uh, um, let's see YZ 250 two stroke forever I think is that what he's saying he didn't Mitch you didn't finish your uh, Mitch Orb didn't uh, OGB OGB Mitch OGB OGB didn't finish your sentence or your name obviously (laughs) you're cut off Um, uh, Randy Fish says, shout out to Brett Leaf. He had open heart surgery today for a oh. clogged artery and was successful outcome. Good. Oh. I like Brett. Brett yeah. was Brett was one sharp suspension tuner. Really, really good. Um, let's see. Is the versus a step through like the Vespa uh, so you can wear a skirt? Oh, boy. George? George is uh, drinking tequila too, I'm sure. <laughs> no, the versus is not a step through. I wonder if Kawasaki would get us a versus. It's good. But, but you can still wear a skirt. You can still wear a skirt. <laughs> yeah. Or a kilt. Um, uh, let's see. Eduardo Rojas. That's who answered the question. Um, and now you guys are talking about shaving your legs. <laughs> this form <laughs> is going, like the show, is just going downhill. Going downhill. Yeah. Well, hey, don't worry. We only got a few more minutes if we have to, because we, we're going to go riding tomorrow, so we want to get a good night's sleep. Uh, Spencer Bloomer's on. I actually talked to Spencer today. It's been been a little while. Um, hey, Spencer. Uh, Spencer was uh, uh, my roommate uh, back in the old days. He used to work at a company called Wide Open Racing uh, for, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so bad with names. He was a factory mechanic for a long time. Um, uh, what's what's the, oh, you want I, some of this? There's here the last. This is it. This is the end of it. Right. Yeah, you can finish that off. Uh-huh. I haven't had mine yet. Um, he said, "Oh, race. he has a, he has a funny Jimmy story." And I didn't read this, but I'm gonna go ahead and read this. I'm gonna go ahead and read this just because I'll just read it verbatim because I could get in trouble. But who knows? <laughs> Dig. Funny Jimmy story. Back in the early '90s, when I rented a room from him, see here we go. I came home from work on Friday evening, and Jimmy was frantically going through the garage looking for plastic jugs to carry gas. He said he needed to go 220 miles between gas stations, was leaving tonight for the weekend, and was going by himself through Death Valley. Stretching fuel by himself through Death Valley. Yep, that's just, <laughs> Yeah, Spencer, that's a true story. Uh, yeah, uh, he used to do that a lot. Um, yeah, they, they, it was hard to get big gas tanks, but I remember, I think, I think that was the time that I rode and met Hubert Oriol. Oh really? Uh, I I you know they were he was going to be at the start of some desert race, some car race because he was trying to get car teams to come over to Dakar back yeah. in the day, yeah. and I'm like I'm going to go meet this guy. I'm going to ride out and meet this guy, and and I, I rode all night and met him, and it worked. It, it was one of the one of the key between him and Eric Pinard, um, and uh, a few other people. It was uh, I was managed to uh, you got to Dakar. Get, get over. There. I think I think. Uh, um, you know, Scott Harden at KTM helped out a little yeah. bit. There was a lot of people that pulled strings. I was, you know, at Cycle World Magazine. I think my boss, David Edwards, you yeah. know, was able to, you know, 
it's it's yeah, funny and, when you look back at all the the hoops you jump through to do something. Yeah, yeah, and and you know Hubert is uh, who Jimmy's talking about. Is he he ran uh, the Dakar race for a long time? He was a racer, and uh, I remember it, probably some of the most uh, incredible Dakar footage ever shot was when he came across the finish line with two broken ankles and he's just <laughs> cringing. Um, but then later on in his uh, career, when he stopped racing, he actually directed the Dakar. Yeah, and, and it, it seems like a it seems like a thing they do because now David Castera, who yeah. who kept me off the podium in whatever year it was two thousand ninety seven, <laughs> uh, is now the now the race director over there. So it's it's good it's good to have. It's funny because Hubert like got it. You know, as a yeah. race director, when you have a guy that used to be a racer, like I I've when I have run ins with promoters that weren't that weren't racers, I instantly realize I'm dealing with somebody that just doesn't. They don't know. They don't they, understand. They're, 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 they're sitting there the whole time, just stroking their wallet, right. uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that wallet's going to make the decision that I'm about to, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. That's the only thing it, they don't, they don't actually think about like what happened on the course or what this guy went through or, or, you know, all that stuff. So I do, I do appreciate it when I'm, I, I know that the guy that's in charge has some racing pedigree and, yeah, and he background. Was, he was definitely one helped. of the good ones. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember when he landed his helicopter, I was, I was on my BMW. We were like, God, Niger someplace. We were riding around the rim of a volcano, big rim of a volcano. And he land, he had him land the helicopter in the middle of course. I was opening the stage, by the way. This is old days, Ricky. Things weren't like not at your pace. So I'm riding, I'm opening the stage, I'm leading up in this volcano. They land the helicopter and, and I, and I, man, I think this might've been after we did the airlift. I don't know. It, it's, it's, conf it's hard that, you know, do you, what'd you say? My brain's not working very well. <laughs> so, but he landed a helicopter. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what, what are you doing? He's like, he gets out of the helicopter. He's like, Jimmy, he's all, and the guy's always super chill and relaxed. Sure. He's, like, yeah. he's like, Jimmy, you need to stop and take in the view. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm leading the race. I'm, I gotta, I gotta go. You know, I, I just like, he's like, he's like, you will never be here again. <laughs> he's like, he's like, stop and look. He's like, everything else in life is not so important as as what you think. And, and it was like, a, it was a full. Uh, back then, I wanted to punch him. I'm like, why the hell did you land a helicopter? Because we're on a, like a. It was like a, a a single road on the rim of a volcano. There's no, you couldn't go off to the side. I couldn't go around it. They had to take the damn helicopter off, and. Of course, you know they took off, and they 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 knew how how the lead I had. They knew it wasn't going to affect it, you know, that much or whatever. But it was probably you know we had twenty or thirty seconds of interaction there, and and then the helicopter flew away, and and I was just and I and I thought maybe it was funny because like initially you see the helicopter park, I thought okay something bad is happening, something bad really bad's happening. They're neutralizing the race or. Or I'm so far lost that they're stopping me to tell me to go back. But I mean, I, I knew I, I didn't feel lost. I was I was I thought I was on it. Damn it! Like it, you're on top of a volcano. Or else you're gonna do that on the middle of the desert. So uh, what an interesting uh, what an interesting yeah guy. Interesting story. So yeah, I used to do crazy shit, Spencer. Hey, it was good to talk to you today. Um, uh, awesome. Uh, I, I got to get Spencer. Spencer used to go riding with me uh, and take the torture. And and like, did you know I rented that room after he left. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I forget all the people that went through that went through that house. Uh, it's Spencer. He's just I, what he didn't tell you about that story is like he comes home from work and sees me frantically in the garage. That would be like it would just be he is he, Spencer does everything super sano, always has the right tools. 
uh, you know, the kind of the opposite of me. Just I'm like hammer and chisel and, no and way. whatever. No way. <laughs> and Spencer <laughs> just used to just like probably watch me as like Tasmanian devil in the garage and just go, oh God, why don't you do it right? (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but um, yeah, I'm trying to get him. I want to get him to come back out here and rip some sand washes. He he would understand. He he was a KX500 guy. He used to, and he used to take that KX500 in places you shouldn't take a KX500. In fact, I have a, actually Spencer built one of my first real good helmet cams. Like, cause Spencer's like a fab master, like your brother yeah, yeah. and, and, but you know, now he does everything in SolidWorks, but he, he built this counterbalanced weighted helmet so he could slip a high eight camera inside <laughs> of it. I still have that helmet, <laughs> Spencer, yeah. by the way, that thing is, <laughs> but he used to go riding with me and, uh, I got to dig out the riding videos. That one that we're up in the, um, that place where we ride at and you're, we're ripping through the Kalex cause he was working for Kawasaki at the time and he had the Kalex, uh, like a. Brand new K- KLX three hundred. That was a that was some pretty fun times, man. Good times. Uh, okay. Um, so did you stop and look at the view? About as much as you know. It, it took about three seconds for me to look at the view at that point in my life. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I man, I got on that bike. I'm like, get, get, I'm racing. You know, there's nothing more important than than winning at at that time. So. Uh, somebody was asking me how I liked American Super Camp, uh, which is uh, Danny Walker, Danny Walker's um, flat track school. I did that, and it was super fun, and uh, I highly recommend it. There's very few riding schools that I will recommend because um, I know how uh, I. <laughs> I I know how many fake ones there are out there. This <laughs> is what, what I'm trying to say. I mean, you can get a raw deal at a riding school all day long, uh, but American Super Camp is not one of those. Um, Danny teaches. Have you ever been? I've never been. You got to go. I've I've you met gotta him at, go. at dealer oh, shows and stuff. Yeah, you, well, I'll 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 bring you an XR100 and then I'll smoke you on it on the <laughs> TTR125. That he I still gives own me. one. You have an XR100? Oh, yeah. I have your two bike. Your and Jamie's bikes are still sitting on the side of my house. Those old <laughs> things that you dropped off, they're they're, they're still they're there. So corroded, it's so bad. I but should go pick up the one. The CR. The CR. The CR. That was my first CR. Yeah, well, it's still there. It's I. I was gonna. I was gonna do something with it. Outside <laughs> the house. What a piece of junk. <laughs> um, but uh, it it's uh, you you should go do that. I recommend it to to anybody. Uh, especially even if you're a high level guy and you don't do flat track, but you, cause you, you know, I mean, you, you have a flat track style, you know, from sliding turns and stuff like that. But when he starts telling you like, you don't want to do it cause it's not really like what dirt bike, what you do on a knobby yeah. is cause you just don't do it. But he starts doing this stuff and you, you pick it up quick and then yeah. you want to go fast and then you realize you're going slow cause you're not doing what he, <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're relying on bad habits yeah. as opposed to the technique. And his technique is super high level. It's really advanced, and and I I learned a ton. I had a, I had a blast doing it, and and really, I mean, because I'm because I like learning. I like learning to teach, and I like yeah. learning. Uh, I really took it to heart, and 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 I still practice. I still go. I, I we have a flat track just next door, and uh, I'd water it, but no, Logan. That's Logan's job, and he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, no, Logan is at his grandmother's um, birthday party and where he, I told him his job was he has to read all of her letters to her, her, her birthday cards out loud to the whole group. That's his job. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Kevin Omo says, what tire should I run on my 950 Adventure? 90% off-road. I love the Parker DT on the 450, but I haven't tried it on the 950 yet. Uh, Johnny, what tire? Uh, we're talking a DOT tire. We're talking a KTM 950, uh, and he wants he wants the 90% off-road best tire. What does Johnny Campbell say? What's what's the Maxxis? Well, I, well, I have to say Maxxis, but I Maxis, but but I can't because Dude. Maxxis doesn't have a DOT tire. Well, DOT it doesn't. Knobby. It, well, if he's ninety percent off road, well, yeah, okay. So if we're going down DOT Avenue, uh, I would not run the Parker DT, which and I'm a Kenda guy, uh, absolutely not um, on the nine fifty because that tire just is does not have the sidewall and the the knob stability for a bike that's that heavy. So I'm going to say. Uh, in that application, don't. I run pretty much exclusively on my adventure bikes. I run kind of big blocks because I don't really ever push them past the capability of that tire because I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I have run more aggressive front tires, I'm going to give you my two choices here. Uh, Dunlop 606 would be my second choice. and But my first choice would be the Golden. Golden makes a tire, and it's – I don't know the, the – the letters, it's like a 273 or a nine. It's kind of, it's not the fatty front that everybody's really high on, but there is a golden tire that works incredible on that bike. And it's not that bad on the pavement. Is it a DOT tire? I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, you know, you know, I've never tried is one of the Maxxis like ITs or well, HTs the, on a. I know I've ran like the Maxxis SI and strictly a off road. Comp, uh, you know, area with uh, on the Africa Twin, yeah, and it was amazing to go yeah. full knobby on on that size of bike. It was like, oh wow, did it, <laughs> I could did ride it, this thing. <laughs> did it last? Because that t- which which is the tire? Which is the Maxxis tire that doesn't the, wear out? The long lasting one is the the Desert IT or the Desert I, IT. IT. And yes, it will last a long time. But you want it you want it to wear out so you can take it off. <laughs> I'm, I mean, that's not that's not a slam, but I mean, it's like. It's a, it's a, there, the, the, the traction of that tire is compromised by how long it lasts. It's correct. Yeah. You know, and it has a, it has a deep knob pattern and, and everything. And, but like if I go ride to Cabo or, or long ride, that's right. the, that's a tire I use because of the durability of it. And, you know, and there's no, it's good at getting flats and all that stuff. So the IT, you know, especially on the rear is really good. I prefer the SI on the front for sure. Yeah. I, you know, if, if you ridden the Jeremy McGrath tires. Yeah. Are they are are they their moto only tires? Uh, for for me, they're a moto or a track orientated tire where there's more of a groomed surface. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the they're they were obviously designed that way where the SI gives you a lot more uh, kind of gracefulness, like going from like a soft condition to a hard condition and a mix of what you encounter off road wise. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't I like I like you know like to try, try stuff. To, I haven't ridden those. Um, so yeah, you should try them on the track. And like I feel like if I go to Glen Helen, you know, I'll put the that ST on the front, especially for the front wheel traction is really good. Yeah, Spencer's commenting that his his neck still hurts from that uh, <laughs> that helmet that he built. <laughs> uh, let's see. Since you're talking about flat track, do you know what a Harley Twingle is? Yes, I do. That's where you get your. Uh, you spark your uh, instead of doing it like every you know every other you get them to fire kind of in out of order like kind of uh, uh, I know what it is actually it works better and that's actually that's what 
the Tenere, the Yamaha Tenere, the 1200 kind of fires and I, I believe fires in that kind of weird um, order. I may, I may be mistaken. I know, like, actually, was it like, yeah, I, I think, I think, but it makes bikes vibrate too when they fire weird. Yeah, I would, so, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Danny Walker sits. Thank you for the kind words, Jimmy Lewis. You're the epitome of a champion and that never stops learning. Uh, thank you, Danny. Um, I, I, next time I'm coming to the class, I'm going to do it like what all racers do. I'm just going to go straight for your ankles, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm done learning. I'm going fast. Now, that's that's the way it works. Uh, yeah, and George says, Danny, when are you coming out to a Jimmy Lewis off-road training? <laughs> I, I don't want him in my class because I don't want anybody to take my ankles off or ask me if I'm good at nose willies. But he might want to check out your flat track. Flat track. Oh, yeah. I know the, I know the dirt there, so it's really, <laughs> it's really, uh, it's really good. Um, hey, uh, so that, that, I think we got most of the questions from the, the board. Uh, George, uh, let me know if I missed anything. Uh, I was tried, um, Craig wants to know, now that you are funning, you can have alcohol sponsors. Craig, please explain to me the rules for alcohol advertising. Cause I need to dig into some <laughs> coffers someplace. Uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> You know, what uh, what advertisement is that is that worth? Um, uh, San Felipe Bob mentioned he stored the TTR125 for nine months, left the gas pet cock on per Jimmy Lewis's recommendation. It fired up up and ran great. Did we put fuel additive in that? Um, like I I've been running that Tektron Power Sport stuff. You can go ahead and hold that up if you want. Um, they sent some out here for me to evaluate, and it's been uh, really good. They should sponsor the show, right, Johnny? We need sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> we all need sponsors. That's how us racers have made livings, I guess, being kind of sponsored and representing companies. And um, I'm I'm lucky that uh, most of the companies I rode for have been really good. I mean, they've definitely switched around a little bit and tried different things. Uh, so, but it makes you more experienced. But uh, it's funny because when um, you you wonder. Like, you know, like how, how effective is, is sponsorship? And that's what people always, always say, but hopefully, uh, we're doing a little bit here, uh, doing our part. Johnny, you have anything else to, yeah, I think, uh, kind of in light of, uh, you know, today's activities, we heard, uh, uh, Marty Smith and his wife passed away and, uh, just wanted to really give our condolences to, to their family and, and friends. And, uh, you know, Marty was, was an inspiration to all of us, you know, growing up in the seventies and, and eighties and stuff and watching him and how stylish he was and, um, in the moto, moto world. And, uh, he's, uh, he was a super nice dude. Yeah. And it's, it, it's it, epitome of, a uh, an enthusiast too. just loved to go out in the desert and, and ride. And he won Baja 1000 and, and did desert. I think, I, think I, I think I raced against him one of those years, um, when he was on the Cowie team. And, uh, and I, I always just remember cause he was, he's a little bit before my time. I mean, he was, he was kind of getting out of it when I started like learning about motocross, he was kind of on his, on his, he was on his way out. But then I used to run into him at the tracks a lot of time. He was, you know, coaching a lot of young riders, bringing a lot of young riders yeah. up. And, uh, uh, like I said, ran into him a couple of times down in Baja. And then even just last year or year before, uh, Ricky and I ran into him. He was parked at the same place where we were rally training out at Glamis. He was out there with his sand car and, uh, He'd, he'd 
it's kind of funny because he he probably knew <laughs> what, what we were what we were doing and stuff like that. He came, kind of came by and said hi a couple times, and I'm like, because I don't remember names and faces, kind of. And I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he always, always looks so young. He just did not look. Yeah, he, he did not look like an older aged, guy like he that. Aged really well. Yeah. So it's a it's that's a a shame. I'm a, it's a it's a too early like for anything. But we all know, you know, sometimes the stuff that we do is kind of crazy and dangerous. So. uh yeah. Um let's see. Uh I think Ricky, do you have you do you want to do you want to answer any questions or anything? You're all good? You need to you you're ready to go you're ready to go riding. Well that's that's a fact, Ricky, by the way. Yeah, I I I, I I Ricky was going so slow that I, I ran and he was on a factory rally bike, I'm pretty sure at the time. And I couldn't, I couldn't get by him because that bike's so big. It took out, so I, I had to ride him, run over him. But he, he also tried to take my ankles out, kind of like everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, everybody, thanks, uh, thanks a lot for uh, checking in with us. Uh, hopefully, we made your Tuesday evening in this crazy time a little bit more enjoyable. Um, we can uh, be found, like generally, uh, it seems like for the most part, we're sticking with this Facebook every. Tuesday night uh, live. We you can find this podcast on iTunes. We're gonna Gabe uh, as soon as I can, you know, go recycle my aluminum cans so I can pay uh, pay Gabe. You know, I've been eating cat food lately, Gabe. It's cheaper than most <laughs> other things. So uh, we'll get there. We'll get you back on the payroll, um, and uh, we'll get some of these things updated on the iTunes. Get the shows one through thirty uh, up there in a better form. We'll start, and then we're going to start with fifty-five and work our way forward, and then we'll be all uh, we'll all be caught up. Um, thanks for sitting in, Johnny. Uh, yeah, it's always great to be here, and uh, it's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're here because you're you're definitely better than George because all that guy does is put me down. You didn't say, <laughs> you didn't say anything mean about me. I I never put you down, Jimmy. You're <laughs> you're my hero. You know that. Uh, I, at least you let me win Baja One Thousand once. I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't really ever think I was going to do that because it wasn't it, it kind of wasn't my thing. I don't know what it was, but it was like, man, it just sat in front of me. It's like, oh, I want to I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was fun. That was one of my highlights too. Nineteen ninety eight Baja One Thousand. Our bike was really good. It was basically a stock six hundred XR six hundred and it was it, a perfect race. It ripped, and uh, it was a peninsula run. And yeah, it was super fun. So. Yeah, that's that's the only like I, I remember. I told you, I was like, I don't want to do the other ones. I'm only doing the I'm only doing the peninsula. <laughs> and there were still enough hoops down down there for uh, you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, good to see all the guys in the chat room. And uh, so for Johnny Campbell, Jimmy Lewis, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we will see you out on the trail. Cheers. Hey, Logan, that was a pretty good show, huh? Yeah, it was. Did you learn anything? Yeah. What was that? I need to get a recluse on all my bikes. All your bikes? Yeah. Which one first? Uh, probably the YZ250F. Why is that? So I worry less about my clutch and worry more about my riding. So we're going to see in the expert class pretty soon, yeah? Hopefully. Right on. So if you need more information about recluse clutches, where do you go, Logan? Go to www.recluse.com. That is recluse spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E. So for Jimmy Lewis, this is Logan Tyler, and we'll see you on the next show.